Mild and mild, father. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mild and Wild Thoughts. This is your boy, Crazy Q. And on today's episode, I'll be analyzing the significance of the term blackface. Um, it is defined by Oxford Dictionary, and I quote, as the makeup used by a non-black performer playing a black role. Now, this general definition may seem simple or non-threatening because it simply suggests a non-white performer wearing dark makeup to play a role whether it be in theater, on television, etc. And this totally makes sense because what if there was, you know, a darker complexion character that was needed to be played, but there were no darker complexioned actors qualified to play it. And this goes for playing characters of other races too. But the main issue isn't whether or not white performers can play other races. The main issue is the history of blackface and how it is used to mock other races and in turn, increasing the status of the white race as dominant over the other races. Um, just a little personal um, information. As a history and political science university graduate myself, I have been able to study uh, with effective research and some great professors, um, study the effects that tactics such as blackface has had on a group of people for generations. Uh, according to historian Dale Cockrell, uh, he's also a professor of musicology at Vanderbilt University, uh, in regards to blackface, he noted that poor and working class whites who felt squeezed politically, economically, and socially from the top, but also from the bottom, invented minstrelsy. M-I-N-S-T-R-E-L-S-Y, minstrelsy. And for those that don't know or have never heard of it, uh, minstrelsy is intended, intended as comic entertainment performed by a group of white traveling musicians with black painted faces and whose material caricatured the singing and dancing of blacks and black slaves. So simply it will be white performers, white musicians, uh, they'll be traveling, they'll put on black faces or black painted faces and their material would always emphasize or um, exaggerate um, blacks. So maybe big lips, um, really dark features, big nose, and so on. Now, to go back to Dale Cockrell's point, simply, minstrelsy was a way of expressing the oppression that marked being members of the majority but outside of the white norm. So the majority, of course, were white people, but the, minor the minority of white people who, who uh, experienced similar struggles and challenges that blacks have used blackface to make them feel a little bit more less oppressive. Uh, minstrelsy, um, as I said, is just comedic performances of blackness by whites in exaggerated costumes and makeup. And by distorting the features and culture of African Americans, including their looks, language, dance, and character, whites were able to codify whiteness. So they were able to term, uh, uh, coin a term called whiteness, uh, which spanned across class and geopolitical lines um, as its opposition to others. Now, as I said, I'm a history person, I'm a history buff, I love my history, so a lot of my research, a lot of the things I talk about do not just come from my opinion, my shallow opinions, my shallow opinion, it also comes from actual research. Uh, so according to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, the first minstrel shows were performed in the 1830s in New York by white performers with blackened faces. And at that time, uh, most 
uh, of the musicians or travelers who did blackface used burnt cork or shoe polish to get the dark color. And they would also wear tattered clothing that imitated and mimicked enslaved Africans on plantations um, during the slavery days. Now, these performances uh, pretty much characterized blacks as lazy, ignorant, superstitious, hypersexual, and prone to thievery and cowardice. The shows were intended to be funny to white audiences, but they were very hurtful and demeaning to African-Americans because they reinforced white people's notions of superiority. So during slavery time, white people were masters, blacks were slaves, and so on. Uh, the characters were so widespread that even some black performers, which um, is actually still rampant in many parts of the world, black performers wore blackface themselves. Even though they may be a lighter or a light-skinned uh, black person or even a dark-skinned black person, black performers would wear blackface um, because that was the only way they could find work. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, white audiences didn't want to watch black actors do anything but look foolish on stage. So if you had, or at that time, if there was a black performer, whether they were in blackface or not, and they were talking about positive, um, uplifting messages in their acting or in their theater or in their message, white audiences who were able to afford to watch these um, theatrics would not want to watch it themselves. Um, by 1845, the popularity of minstrel, or sorry, minstrel, had spawned an entertainment sub-industry, manufacturing songs, music, makeup, costumes, and as well, ready-set stereotypes on which they can build new performances. Uh, blackface and the codifying of blackness, which is the opposition of whiteness, included language, movement, and character depicted as caricatures, as I said earlier, and to continue persisting through mass media and public performances to this day. And unfortunately, these character, uh, characterizations have been embedded in today's society so much that black people are still viewed this way. Now, I have debate, debated many times with fellow colleagues and peers about where blackface originated. And there are many ideas and research out there that points to blackface being an American invention. However, there are also many cases where during the European empires, such as the Roman and Greek, they would perform theater in blackface as it was similar to when men would play female characters, because at the time, those uh, females did not have you know, the ability to perform themselves due to you know, male dominance. Or sorry, I should say white male dominance. But for the sake of being from North America, and it is more relatable to my listeners, the origin of blackface in North America was developed by Thomas Dartmouth Rice, who was also known as the father of minstrelsy. And he had developed the first popularly, popularly known blackface character, Jim Crow, in 1830. Hmm, I think that name Jim Crow does seem familiar. Well, uh, the Jim Crow persona was a racist theater character that depicted contemporary white ideas of African Americans and their culture. And this is why it's familiar, because this is where the term the Jim Crow laws were coined, which is where laws enforced racial segregation in the southern United States and enacted in the late 19th late 19th and earliest 20th centuries by white democratic dominated state legislatures after the reconstruction period and it was enforced until 1965. Now I am sure many of you probably know why I'm discussing blackface on this episode and it is because of Canada's current liberal prime minister Justin Trudeau's passing counter with wearing blackface but in this instance he wasn't wearing brown he, sorry but in this instance he was wearing brown face. 
during a 2001 school event. And this was not the only time, but confirmed pictures and videos have emerged showing Justin in blackface multiple times. And his apology claimed that because he lived in such a privileged bubble growing up, it was a mistake that he made without knowing the negativity behind it. Hmm. I will not be going too much into this specific case as it is talked about and discussed on pretty much every news and social media outlet currently, but Justin is not the only public figure to have put on blackface. Some of the recent controversies have included public figures such as, of course, Justin Trudeau and Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. Now that this incident has been out in the open, and being that these photos and videos emerged at the perfect time during a tight federal election campaign between the Liberals and the Conservatives, it is safe to say that it will have a major impact on voters' decisions. Although the other leaders have not gone out, of, gone out of their way to continue attacking Justin, I believe their strategy is to let these pictures and videos speak for themselves and let the voters decide. Now, looking within ourselves, does this change our idea of blackface or being racially and ethnically sensitive to others when it comes to trivial things like Halloween costumes, themed parties, and anything else that may need you to dress up as a samurai or geisha? I don't think it will change our personal ideas, but it is definitely a form of censorship that has nothing to do with purposely trying to mock or offend another group of people, but rather in jovial fun. In addition to the increased popularity of black Halloween costumes, such as the black slave, the black crackhead, Michael Jordan, Kobe, any, any character that is a black person is considered a black Halloween costume. Now, all over the colleges and universities across the country, they continue to battle against students and professors' blackface performances. I personally, as long as it's not malice, you know what, do you. But in each instance, those facing scrutiny for blackface performances insist no malice or racial hatred was intended. And for many that do wear blackface, this may be true. But how are we sure about their malice or their intentions? Should we take no chances and ban anything and everything that has to do with race and ethnicity when it comes to someone using and wearing something that they are not a part of? Or should each instance be looked at on a case-by-case -case basis? Hmm, makes you really think. As a person who lives in a free and democratic society, and of course the words free and democratic are used very loosely, <laughs> um, and this was also discussed in my previous podcast episode about political correctness, I believe that wearing blackface, brownface, traditional Asian or Indian clothing when you are not of that race or ethnicity should not be censored or banned. As I said, should not be censored or banned. By banning and censoring, this is the first step to an anti-inclusivity society. Inclusivity means everyone is included. Anti-inclusivity means not everybody is included. And the reason I say that is because instead of coming together and celebrating one another's differences and customs in a positive manner, we are told to stick to our own kind or group and cater to the request of those whining about a society that believes in inclusivity but when in reality, they mean inclusivity for their own agenda and not for the general population or social progress. Could this not be an example of divide and conquer? If everybody was inclusive and everybody was uh, living peacefully together, doing everything together, learning from each other, celebrating our successes and our faults, if we're doing that, then we're not divided. If we are not doing that, meaning everybody's doing their own thing, everybody is um, sensitive to their own issues and not having a collaborative discussion or participation, that could, or that actually is, 
a way of creating a divide and conquer type of system. Instead, these acts should be tolerated. So instead of being banned or censored, these acts should be tolerated when it is for a non-malice purpose and scorned when it is intended for harm. For those who might be a little slow, that means I should be able to wear a traditional Indian outfit because I love the colors and fabrics, or maybe I might be going to an Indian event, compared to those who might be wearing blackface and depicting a black person as a monkey, or a person wearing a turban or hijab and mocking that group of people. All in all, regardless of your stance and position on blackface and or ethnic sensitivity, we are all from the same race, which is the human race. And we use colors and race and ethnicity and so on to divide and conquer, um, which is a tactic used by, of course, the elite. Um, instead, we should learn and appreciate our differences and stop being so anal and sensitive about trivial things that have caused divide, tension, and violence in North America. Let's save our energy for the bigger social battles and not nitpick everything that happens. Because remember, don't take life seriously because no one, and I said no one, gets out of it alive anyway. So, and I'll not know, I hope you were able to get a better idea of the controversy surrounding blackface and ideas of other cultural appropriation issues the society is currently dealing with. And whether you agree with me or not on my opinion, evidence-based history speaks for itself. If you would like more information or if you want to hear um, <clears throat> other, um, I would say, topics, or sorry, uh, uh, arguments about this, I highly suggest looking at um, researching not just the perspective of North America, but look at the perspective of other countries and uh, the perspective of other people and other groups around the world. As I said, political correctness, this is part of it. Censorship and banning is not only political correctness in our verbal, but also in our social, in our um, behavior, and our lifestyle. And if you listen to my previous podcasts about political correctness, it goes through all of the censorship and all of the rhetoric that we are currently dealing with, um, especially using examples from the book 1984, which was by George Orwell, who foresaw what political correctness and censorship will do to communication and how we interact with one another. Now, if you haven't fo yet followed uh, Wild and Mild Thoughts podcast on Instagram, we are live everywhere. And so if you would like to add us and follow us, it is Mild Wild Thoughts, M-I-L-D-W-I-L-D-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. It is a burning microphone because shit is fire. Because who's our hottest podcast? Dylan, 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 Dylan. And he spits hot fire. So... Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. The link is in the bio, um, and you will get the freshest ideas from the craziest host, Crazy Q. So until next time, stay up, stay alert, and peace off. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle. Uh, bipolar.